the shared conventions and social practices of a subgroup or an entire society in which we're taking all the raw material, everything in life, and rearranging it in order to express meaning, in order to express what we think is the good, the true, the real, and the important. So, uh, you know, everybody knows when you think of cu uh, culturing the land, you don't leave the grounds as it is, you till it up and you plant and then you eat what comes. Well, what's music? Class. Music is uh, taking the raw material of sound and putting it together in such a way that it not only strikes the emotions, but actually also becomes the glue for certain societies. In other words, music is taking the raw material of noise, as it were, of sound, and turning it into something. Not leaving it just as it is, but, but uh, cultivating it. Or, for example, what are stories or theater? It's taking the raw materials of human experience and fashioning, fashioning that into narratives. Or uh, you know, anything that is a cultural artifact. Let's, let me give you cultural artifacts. Art, obviously. <clears throat> uh, technology is a cultural artifact. It's, you're taking something and making something new out of it. But by the way, legal arguments, medical policies, all stories, a fictional story means I'm taking raw material and I'm rearranging it, what? To say something about what I think is true and real and important and good. And therefore, that's really what culture is. Culture is rearranging uh, the material world, the raw materials, in order to say something, in order to express meaning in some way. Now that's what culture is. Uh, James Hunter, by the way, says that culture is the power to define reality. And that's why, let me get to point two. How does, uh, how do Christians understand culture? What's culture making when it comes to uh, Christian thought? And the answer, of course, is that Christians believe that culture making is taking the raw material that God has made and there's potentials in that raw material and we're drawing the potentials out and we're rearranging material for human flourishing and human thriving as God defines it. Now I'll get back to that in a second. As God defines it. But now, biblically, <clears throat> culture making is uh, something that biblically is a good thing. Adam and Eve are put into the garden as what? Gardeners. And by the way, all culture making is basically a form of gardening. Uh, when you create music, you're taking the raw material and making it into music. When you create a story, when you create anything, you're taking raw material. Same thing as a, as a garden. You're taking the raw material and you're tilling it, and you're cultivating it, and you're fertilizing it, and that sort of thing. Uh, the original uh, people, Adam and Eve, were gardeners, and that, that, that means they made culture. But if you see, as soon as Adam and Eve pass off the scene in, in Genesis chapter 4, you'll see people making culture. You'll see art and technology, except, of course, it's violent culture because it's, uh, it's culture not under the influence of God, but under the influence of self, and not the, under the influence of love, but of power. But of course, even later on in the book, we know, the book of the Bible, we know that God, even though culture making tends to be something that he made human beings to do, and often that culture is destructive, yet God doesn't just raise up his people to be prophets and priests. Who's Daniel? Who's Joseph? Who's Esther? These are people that God raised up and gave them so-called secular jobs. They brought justice and wholeness into a secular field. And so... The Bible indicates that culture making is good, but let's get back to what I just said I was going to get back to. 
Every single culture is basically, they're rearranging a material in such a way that we express the meaning of things. Every culture is pointing to values. Every culture is saying, this is what's good, this is what's true, this is what's beautiful, this is what's real, this is what's important. And when I say Christians are supposed to make culture, we're supposed to make culture, we're supposed to rearrange things for human flourishing. And by the way, everybody says that. I think I, think I heard Gabe already say it, that we're here for the common good. We're here for common good. But you realize that that is a loaded term. That is a value-laden term. When anybody says, I want to work for the common good, you need to know that they have a working definition of common good that's based on all sorts of underlying beliefs about what human beings are for, why we're here, where we're going, what's important to, what is important for human beings to live for. And therefore, we don't agree on what human flourishing is. We don't agree on what the good is. So for example, I told you that, uh, I give you eight examples of cultural artifacts. So for example, art or technology, uh, creating an organization, or writing a philosophy paper, or uh, a story, or an ad. Every ad is a cultural artifact. Every legal argument, every medical policy, why? Because let me give you nine examples of different cultural understandings of what is good. Some cultures and some cultural artifacts say individual choice and happiness and self-expression is more important than supporting the group or community standard. It's more important that the individual be happy than you support community standards. Other cultures and other cultural artifacts say it's the other way around. The importance is that the individual sublimate his or her self-interest for the good of the family. Which is it? The two different views of good. Or, secondly, some cultural artifacts tell us that the material world is good. Some cultures say the material world is an illusion. Other cultural uh, cultures say the material world is the only reality. Which is it? And I want you to know that all cultural artifacts are, they're assuming one of those views. Or thirdly, is sex dangerous and a necessary evil? Or is it only for family or community? Or is it a form of self-expression? Is money basically a way for you to get your family up in the world? Or is it a, is it a mode of self-esteem? Uh, let me put this in the form of questions. Is society basically an, aggr an aggregation of individuals or of families or of tribes. In other words, what's the basic building block of society? Differing answers, different cultures. Different co medicine, law, ads, <laughs> art, everything's different. Or is history basically moving in a direction of progress? Are things getting better and better? Or um, are things getting worse and worse and we've come down from some golden age? Or is history a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing? Or is it cyclical? Which is it? See, different cultures <coughs> believe different things about history. And it comes out in all the, the cultural products. Or um, is morality self-authorizing? Basically, do you, does the individual decide what is right or wrong? Or is morality or moral uh, values embedded somehow in the cosmos of the universe and it's our job to discover them and align ourselves with them? Is human reason sufficient to answer all questions, ultimately? Or is it not, and therefore we have to depend on revelation from God or tradition or something like that? You see, our understanding of time, our understanding of art, our understanding of government, 
rationality versus intuition and, ex and experience, all these things, which is most important? Every culture is coming down somewhere. Every cultural artifact is coming down somewhere because culture is rearranging the raw materials of life, everything from clothing to food, everything from law to medicine, everything from art to philosophy, and everything is being rearranged in order to express meaning and to say, this is good, this is true, this is beautiful, and this is not. And I just gave you something like 30 or 40 different views of different things that are the underlying uh, values and beliefs beneath every single culture and every cultural artifact. Christian culture making is just like any other kind of culture making, except Christians try to discern what is God's view of the relationship between the individual and the community. What is God's view of the family? What is God's view of sex and money and power? What is God's understanding of history? What is God's understanding of rationality? What is God's understanding of identity? What is God's understanding of society? What is God's understanding of morality? And then by getting that sort of deep into our hearts and psyche, you just go out in the world and you do what everybody else does, which is you make culture. Because if you work, you make culture. If you do anything, pretty much, you make culture. So that's point two. Point one is what is culture making? What's point two is what is Christian culture making? It's pretty much the same thing, except Christians understand that there are very different views of the common good, and we are seeking to help all human beings thrive, not just us, not just us Christians. But we're doing, we, we're, we're seeking it necessarily uh, in terms of uh, definitions of the good that God gives us. Now, point three, and this is the shortest point by far. Should Christians, therefore, engage culture? Should Christians try to make culture? Should Christians, uh, should Christians think that culture making matters and we should try to do it? And I think now you know what the answer is. This is the shortest point. The answer is, unavoidably, Christians will be making culture. The real question is, are you just going to go with the flow? Are you just going to be doing what everybody else does? Are you essentially going to be creating culture that is based on non-Christian understandings of the good, of society, of history, of identity, of morality? Or are you going to be really, really thoughtful about it and try to actually uh, let your culture making be influenced by your faith? So the question is not, should Christians make culture? The question is, of course, will they do it well or not? See, that was a short point. Point four, what's the way forward then? If it's unavoidable, and as I think you realize I'm implying, most Christians are not thoughtful about it. In fact, one of the things that's frightening to me is if I go down that list and I say, you know, there's a, you know Christianity has a different account, for example, of every one of the things that I just said, uh, by comparison with secularism, Western secular individualism, and also Christianity is very different than traditional, uh, uh, more hierarchical and communal cultures. Christianity is really rather unique and rather different. Most people gulp because actually they're just out there working and not really thinking. So point four is how can we move forward? Here's how we can, here's four ideas. First of all, I think it's very important to start with that Christians get a nuanced understanding of the mixed nature of all culture and cultural artifacts. Now, I think I, still, I know I can do this quickly, but um, uh, this might leave some questions in your mind. Nevertheless, I'll try to do it the best I can. Every single culture has got, well, every human being is made in the image of God and has fallen. That's true of Christians and non-Christians. Every human being is made in the image of God. 
And the Bible says in Romans 1 that we all have some kind of inherent, innate sense of God's reality. Uh, even those of us who really don't know we believe in God, according to Romans 1, every human being is made in the image of God. We've got some innate goodness and knowledge of, of truth and reality, but at the same time, we're all fallen. So even non-Christians are made in the image of God, and even Christians are fallen and sinful. And what that means is that both non-Christians and Christians, when they make culture, the cultural artifacts are always mixed. Uh, Romans chapter 1, this is a very famous verse, says this about, uh, it's, well, this is verse uh, Romans 1.20. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so men are without excuse. But the words being understood and are seen are present passive participles in the Greek. And what that means is that every human being, even if people who don't believe in God, as they're making culture, it essentially says that there's a continually fresh, insistent pressure on all human beings, on their consciousness, about the reality of God. And therefore, lots and lots of non-Christians create cultural artifacts that you can tell, if you know your Bible, are pointing to biblical truth, or pointing to uh, some of these realities. Meanwhile, every Christian who tries to make culture, to some degree, because of our sin, will be distorted. Because the idols of our hearts, because we, we, we love money too much, we love career too much, or we love our, our, our own culture, our own white culture, our own African-American culture too much, or in other words, because of the idol of our heart, our cultural artifacts will always be imperfect. Non-Christians' cultural artifacts will always have something good in them. And to have that nuanced approach to culture is crucial for Christians. You've got to be able to appreciate what's good in everything. And you've got to be non-triumphalistic about what you produce. Crucial, critical, number one. Number two, the second thing is you probably need to blend the insights of the main parties that you're going to read about if you're a Christian and you read about Christ and culture. There are, there's the worldview transformationist party that is, tends to be confronting of the culture, saying we have the Christian worldview and you don't. There's the justice, common good party that says we just got to get out there and, and love people and care for the poor. And there's the just build up the church party. That's the important thing is that you build up the church and not get too distracted by culture making. We've got to build the church up and we worship and gather and we, we do that. And all three of those, by the way, all three of those views have a lot to say. An extreme version of any one of the three leads to be over-confrontational or over-assimilationist or overly withdrawn. But all three of them have got something important and you need to blend them all together. Thirdly, our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. Not only resonate, because then you're just giving in. Not only defy, because nobody will listen to you. They've got to do both. And you know, when, when Friedrich Nietzsche says, and he argues constantly, that great philosopher, that if you believe in human rights, and if you believe you need to care for the poor, and if you believe in the equality of every human being, he says, then whether you know it or not, you're a Christian. You may say you don't believe in God, but you're a Christian. If there is no God and the universe is impersonal, and uh, we all got here just by eating uh, one another, the strong eating the weak, uh, it's just crazy to think that if, if we're just the product of evolution, that we should love one another. One Russian philosopher said, 
this is the way a lot of secular people reason. Man descended from apes, therefore let us love one another. And Nietzsche says, there can't be a God. If there's no God, then human rights don't work. But most people are going to say human rights do work, and therefore you can say, you've got something that I resonate with. I believe in human rights too. Here's where it comes from. One last thing. We can make culture because God has made the world to be remade by culture makers. Mark Knoll, in his book, uh, Scandal of the Evangelical Mind, puts it like this. Who formed the world of nature, which provides the raw material for physical sciences? Who formed the universe of human interactions, which is the raw material of politics, economics, sociology, and history? Who is the source of all harmony, form, and narrative pattern, which is the raw material for art? Who is the source of the human mind, which is the raw material for philosophy and psychology? And who, moment by moment, maintains the connection between our minds and the world beyond our minds? God did, God does. Christianity gives us a, the reason that culture making works and a motivation to do it. Thank you very much. Okay. So, what is culture? According to Keller, anyway. Making something from nature. So, I think both of those um, match what Keller is saying. Do, do those definitions mesh with uh, what you think of culture being, especially prior to coming in, into this class this morning? He did, he did mention that um, you know, a lot of times we think of someone being cultured as being somewhat sophisticated they're understanding the arts, things of that nature. But we're talking about a different definition of culture. And he, he mentioned, um, uh, alluding back to, to what we were saying just a moment ago, um, that it is the shared values, the shared beliefs, it's, it's language, it's everything that we do as a, as a people, and there are thousands and thousands of different cultures going on at the same time because each one of us are members of hundreds of different subgroups of people, right? But, it, but it's important to, to get to the points where he's talking about, of going back to his, what, the, what the word culture means originally, that it's to cultivate, the cult coming from the Latin, to, to cultivate. So this gets back to taking our garden and cultivating something, taking raw materials, things that God has given us and uh, creating something out of those raw materials. Right? What, any, any other thoughts on what culture is? Well, culture just it kind of assumes that everything's going to come together and not necessarily be random. If you're going to 
if you're planting tomatoes, you expect tomatoes to come up. You don't just expect just anything to pop up and all just sort of. Okay, this begins with working more up among a, a sort of a random group of people. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, there's been a lot, especially during this last uh, uh, election cycle, talked about echo chambers, right? And our various social media groups that, uh, exactly as you're, you're saying, among a certain group or subgroup of people, ideas begin to form and they get echoed and, 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 and reverberated. Inside of that chamber, and they start to form a set of beliefs, a set of shared beliefs among a subgroup of people. So that's what we're talking about in the culture. That's the whole agriculture thing is such a good analogy because something's going to come up. That's right. If you do nothing, something else comes up. If that's not what you want, you need to plant something. And that really speaks to us as Christians. If we're not happy with the society because we haven't done anything about it. If I don't want to be eating weeds, I need to plant tomatoes. Yes, exactly right. So if we don't, if we don't continue to cultivate, the weeds will come up, correct? Then his second point was what? All right, so that's culture in general. Point number two. Question number two. What is Christian culture making? First of all, what is culture making? Secondly, what is Christian culture? How should it be any different from uh, culture making in general? some sort of hope because I think so often I think we look to some sort of either media or entertainment for kind of what culture is but I think too often we end up making that like well everything has to be happy the whole way through like if you go see a Christian film oftentimes there's not really that much conflict when everyone's happy because they have Jesus the whole way through and isn't that great but it's not so much that we're all happy all the time we're always joyous it's that there is a hope at the end and I think that that's more important that we say, you know, we're all here together, we're all doing this together, but in the end, we have something that we're looking forward to that we may not have found yet. We want to get to that. Okay. All right. Exactly. We're trying to, and he got, he got into that near the end of this when he talked about um, as culture makers, we're trying to create culture that does show values of God at least the values of God as we understand them, right? So hope very much being one of those. Other thoughts on how we as Christians are engaging, making cultural artifacts, or should be? Well, we're making things for human nurturing and human flourishing. Yes, we're making things for human nurturing and flourishing. And as he mentioned, we may have uh, different ideas of what that means. But that seems to fall into, at least the way Keller's presenting it, that does seem to fall into um, uh, 
overlap it with the mission of God as he understands it, right? Well, he reminds us we're making it all the time. So we're Yes, he, that was his third point. Should Christians engage culture? Should we try to make it? We can't help but do so. We are constantly, because we are a member of culture, we are constantly doing so. I would tend to say that we've seen culture changing at a much greater pace um, due to the invent of, uh, uh, of the internet, uh, social media, Every single time you make a social media post, would you consider that a cultural artifact? Every time you like something, are you changing culture? Or dislike something? I, I think so. I think one of the things that's interesting that he points out is how different cultures define good or well. So he, an individual versus you know the whole group. And then you, you couple that with the point he made about we are always making culture, um, I think is very interesting too. But I, I don't think we can get away from the fact that as, quote, Christian culture makers, we also find ourselves in a, in a Western civilization, North American and Southern North, you know, North American culture as well. And how it's perhaps maybe even impossible for us to escape that culture in order to make Christian culture. Not maybe not impossible, but tremendously difficult. And I thought going along with that, um, at one point he said, we're in culture, we can either defy our culture, but then we're just going to turn everybody off, no one's going to listen. Or we can resonate with our culture, but then we're just going to blend in. So we kind of have to find that medium where we can live within our culture, but not, I don't know. <laughs> I just, it, it's hard to know how we can you know, still keep our beliefs in the world. It's, it's a little bit like... Uh, man and a woman get married and they realize that's not the way we do Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and there's either um, an argument over that, uh, uneasiness about that, <coughs> pain over that, or maybe there's a new culture, something that comes up. Or those Christians moved from that church because they didn't like the culture in that church. They came to this church and they thought, oh my heavens, what have I gotten into? And they moved to another church. There's no blending. There's no, no re, you know, we, we, can, we can learn to agree on something. If, if Christ is the goal, then we put aside some of those cultural things that are lingering in our past. Um, I don't know if that's a good example or not, but uh, there's a reason why there are a hundred different churches of Christ in this town, and and fifty Methodist churches, and who knows how many Presbyterian churches, more churches than anywhere else. Uh, all those different cultural looks at the same Christ that we can't we can't find the real the real thing. 
new couple comes together and finds satisfaction in the um, new traditions that they set forth, still there's all the in-laws and the cousins and the um, brothers and sisters that may never understand and may be hurt for year after year after year. And you know, what do you do with that? And so I, I, I don't, I think he just threw out a little bomb there when he said, we don't all agree on the mutual common good. I mean, that to me is, is the hardest thing of all and why political sides will never come together because you would hope all the political sides are in it for the common good and they just come at it in completely different yeah. directions. And, and that's where he's saying that there are different <coughs> definitions of what that good is. Is it completely, is it giving everyone insurance or making one pay for their insurance? Speaking of cross, I had a member of the church here at Holly Creek. They said, I've looked at your Facebook postings and I believe you believe in social justice. But they said to me, I can't hit like on your Facebook posting because some of my friends will see that I like what you post and some of my friends are conservative. And this is somebody here at Holly Creek telling me this. And I may not fit in if I hit like on some of your postings. And I'm saying, that's Hawthorne study number two, that we are, we, are uh, we somehow want to conform and fit in, but somehow we give up our Christian values uh, because we want to fit in. We don't want to take the Jesus route and, and uh, challenge oppression and injustice. Uh, I think a beautiful example was given last week by Sister Collins about Preston Chip, where he decided as opposed to prosecuting uh, criminals, he would find a way to relieve their suffering and relieve their oppression. So I think uh, conformity is, is, is the biggest thing we we have to deal with. Do we want to conform to something that's antithetical to Christ? I, um, I'm thinking too that you know we should constantly feel that tension between uh, the world and us. Uh, Jesus, of course, was so good at it. He was able to welcome sinners and they wanted to hang out with him and uh, to have that tension is probably good and we should remember to uh, offer grace as much as we can and keep our conviction graceful absolutely so sort of what the bottom line of one, one of the takeaways I um, gather from Keller's is Keller's lecture is that we need to think of ourselves as being a part of culture, and not think of culture as some other it, something else that we want to be countercultural to entirely, but to understand that we are a part of, and we are culture makers, and this the idea again the metaphor, the analogy there of gardening, that we're taking raw material and creating something out of it. So let's try as much as possible to align that with what we see uh, uh, as, as God's values. I know a lot of theologists, uh, missional theologists in particular, think of, of God's mission as creating order out of chaos. 
all the way from the creation of the universe to the consummation of the universe, creating order out of chaos. And that's really his definition of culture making, right? Creating something out of raw materials. So the question becomes whether or not we're going to participate in creating something, creating order out of that chaos, the raw materials. The chaos is not necessarily bad, it just is. It just wouldn't is. And so are we gonna create music out of sound and noise? Are we gonna create story out of words? Are we gonna participate in God's mission in that fashion? I was gonna say it's our first it's our first uh, attendance here. Every church of Christ now is a little different. That's the biggest change in all the churches just in general. It's just each one is a little different. And and it's it's not easy to find the perfect fit anymore. 34 years ago, typically say 50 years ago, every church of Christ was basically the same, including even the order of service. And it, it's just it it's a big change. I mean it just is in my lifetime in terms of culture. And, and I think we Touched on the answer to that, right? Each church has its own culture. It has its own language. It has. When those two people got married, they created a new culture, right? Just the bringing together of, of any group of people is creating its own culture. Anyone else? Shot, 
multiple times by the enemy to save that family. And I thought, okay, Clint, you don't know what you just did. Maybe, maybe you do know what you just did, but you revealed the eternal truth that love wins. And he did it. He did it in the the right way. That's right. And he was Jesus Christ in front of those people. But you have to look kind of hard, but <laughs> there's certainly in that movie, and I don't know if that was their intent or not, I sort of doubt it, but it, it comes out in, a, in someone who's talented, who's gifted artist, gifted movie maker, or a gifted writer, it come, it'll come out because truth is truth. Yeah, absolutely. He created a cultural artifact that is, is expressing one of the values we It seems like it seems like one of the most important, especially as we talk about this, the most important part of Christian culture making is not is an ethos, is an ethic in culture versus practices. Um, so it seems we have to be very careful whether we're upper middle class white people, whether we're any any group of people that. What we, what we focus in on as Christian culture making is ethos versus practices because otherwise you just have cultural colonialism, which is basically what our missionaries did for hundreds of years in other countries where it still, it still bothers me when I, when I went to the Philippines in 2004 that there was another Church of Christ in the town and all the people in the Philippines were wearing suits and ties and reading the King James Version. Like, that's cultural colonialism. Right. So our goal should be this culture looks different because they've taken the things that are in their group and, and have, have created art and psychology, all these things. Um, human flourishing is where we focus. So, we, so if we're going to say this is something that's culturally degrading that we need to, to critique or judge in some sense, it needs to be about, about human flourishing and about why this is not good for human flourishing. Otherwise, it just seems like we're saying we're better than, we have a better culture. I think that's a huge distinction, seeing mission work as taking our culture <coughs> to another culture versus seeing, seeing it as taking God's mission, God's values into an existing culture. All right. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.